It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The first visit weekend of this transfer portal cycle, it's now upon us. Who's going to be on campus this weekend? Who were some more names Tennessee is in on that? And a whole lot more transfer portal notes, recruiting notes, all that here on a Friday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. This is Locked On Vols, and I'm your host, Eric Kane. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. Appreciate you guys making Locked On Vols your first listen and uh, being here with us uh, today. So, uh, going to get into a lot. Obviously, a big recruiting disappointment happened on Thursday morning. We'll recap that. Uh, where do the balls stand? If not Jordan Seaton on the offensive line, that's coming up in segment two. Uh, Tennessee players making all SEC teams and some Tennessee players that should have been on those all SEC teams. That's coming up in segment three. Uh, but first, a couple of new names here in the transfer portal cycle. Um, you know, we, oh, real quick, let me give a quick shout out to Price Picks. Uh, this episode is brought to you in part by Price Picks. Go to PricePicks.com slash LockedOnCollege. Use the promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. So, uh, again, the transfer portal officially opened on Monday morning. And so Tennessee's been, you know, making some names and making some headway. Some new names have come about. A couple of offers have been handed out. Some more guys could potentially, you know, get offered this weekend. It changes by the minutes. And what I say right now at the time of this recording could change in an hour. You guys know how that is, but I wanted to put that disclaimer out there. Um, but now teams are being able to host, um, you know, players from the transfer portal, uh, for the first time this weekend. So who are some of those names that are going to be on campus for the University of Tennessee? Well, one of those is going to be a tight end by the name of Holden Stays. He's from Notre Dame. He's a name that I've mentioned a couple of different times this week. He's going to be on campus this week uh, from Notre Dame, and, and he's a guy that has put up some numbers, not a whole lot. Uh, he just came through his uh, sophomore season. He would have two years of eligibility remaining. This past year in 2023, he played in... 11 games, he started 8 games, he had 15 receptions for 176 yards and 4 touchdowns. So that's being kind of the stat breakdown of Holden Stays of uh, of uh, Notre Dame. Some of the highlights against Tennessee State on September the 2nd, I would imagine that's week 1. Uh, grabbed his first pass of the season for his first career touchdown. Uh, caught it in the flat, ran 4 yards for the score. At uh, NC State the next week, I guess that's week 2, Went for a career-best 115 receiving yards on only four catches. Uh, Career-high 40-yard touchdown reception in the third quarter. Scored on the final Irish touchdown of the day, a 35-yard pass from Sam Hartman. So he had a really big day against NC State in Week 2 against Central Michigan. Um, he caught one touchdown pass against Ohio State. He didn't really do much against Duke. He didn't really do much against Louisville. He had two passes for 16 yards, two catches for 16 yards. Against USC, caught two passes 10 yards. Against Pittsburgh, two passes 14 yards. Against Clemson, one pass 7 yards. Against Wake Forest, two passes for 6 yards. So really, he started the season off you know, hot. And um, I mentioned a couple of those. He had a two-touchdown day against NC State, had a touchdown against... 
Tennessee State, and there's an L, and then gets Central Michigan. So didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns the rest of the way, but again, um, the numbers kind of reflect the way Tennessee uses tight ends, at least through the air. He's you know six foot four frame, two hundred and forty two pounds. He's from Atlanta, Georgia, and he's expected to be in town this weekend, as far as I know, for uh, his visit with Tennessee. And again, Tennessee is prioritizing the tight end position. Here's a new name that has come about here on uh, on you know late Thursday on fr- and, and Friday uh, from the FCS level, tight end from let's see here, Louisiana or Southeastern Louisiana, the FCS level. Uh, his name is. Goodness gracious, where does his name go? His name is Bauer Sharp. Bauer Sharp. And, you know, Tennessee went to the FCA ranks to get a tight end last year, obviously, in McAllen Castles. That worked out pretty well. Uh, Bauer Sharp is six foot five, 245 pounds. Uh, he just completed his redshirt sophomore season. So, looks like he'll have two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, pro Football Focus really, really likes. Bauer Sharp. So he was a converted tight end, came to came to college as a quarterback, made the switch to tight end um, one spring, I believe it was the spring of 2022, competed at tight end in 2022, obviously this past season to 2023, now looking to move up. He's got the good frame again. Uh, that's kind of an NFL body here. Uh, converted tight end. He was the third highest pro football focus graded tight end at the FCS level this year. So, again, a, a guy that's looking to move up and make some headways, and that is Bauer Sharp of Southeastern Louisiana, a new name, and believe the plan is at this time um, that he's going to be on campus, not this weekend, but next weekend. Uh, that is the plan right now, and um, Utah is also another uh, school to look out for uh, in that one. Uh, the other one, and, and again, uh, you check the the war room. Um, time of this recording will come out later in the night as we continue to compile some notes. But while you're watching and listening to this on Friday, the War Room will already be out there at VolQuest.com if you're a member. You can go ahead and double-check that to see if there's going to be any more visitors. But I do believe another visitor that's going to be Juice Wells of South Carolina, it's a name that you guys know. It's a name that I know. It's a, it's a name that all SEC you know fans know. Didn't have a huge impact for South Carolina this year. Was dealing with a foot injury. Was it turf toe? Um, I believe Shane Beamer came out and said that, that he had a screw in his foot at one point in time, but played the first three games and you know really didn't play at all the rest of the way. I don't believe he only had three receptions, thirty-seven yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know this season in twenty twenty-three, but he's a guy that's done a whole lot throughout his career. In twenty twenty-two, he had sixty receptions, nine hundred twenty-eight yards, six touchdowns. In twenty twenty-one, when he was at James Madison. Had 83 receptions, 1,250 yards, and 15 touchdowns. I remember when he came over in the transfer portal cycle prior to the 2022 season. He I believe he led all uh, FCS wide receivers and touchdowns, obviously with 15. Goodness gracious! But he's a guy looking to to move somewhere else. Six foot one, 200 pounds. And if you remember back, let me see if I can find it here. And this is going to be tough. I believe in 2022. He had a game against Tennessee. Oh, yeah, here it is. Against Tennessee in 2022, 11 receptions, 177 yards. Goodness gracious. Let's see if he did anything against Tennessee. In tw- oh, no, he didn't because that's when he was um, at James Madison. But And he didn't play against Tennessee this past year. But he torched Tennessee back in 2021. And we all remember that. That was not a good game at South Carolina in the month of November. But sounds like Juice Wells is going to be on campus for a visit as well. And uh, we'll see what happens there. I know Austin Price put out a VolQuest a couple days ago, kind of pumped the brakes a little bit. I think it was on the VolQuest podcast. 
Um, as is the case with everything we're dealing with right now, guys. I mean, there's you know there's going to be an asking price, and you kind of kind of have to weigh the pros and the cons. Is it worth it for a one year player? Um, is it worth it for a position? I mean, these are the questions you got to ask yourself now. So it just kind of is what it is. But a really really good player certainly would be a starter in this offense. He'll be on campus, and Tennessee can at least make their pitch and kind of kind of meet and see kind of where each other what where each party is. And if there's some common ground, maybe you can work something out. But, um, you know, we will see. So those are the two visitors that I know of right now. There was a third visitor that, visitor that was scheduled to be on campus. That was Justin Jolie of UConn. We spoke about him on this podcast a couple of days ago, the tight end. Sounds like Tennessee's narrowed their search at tight end on, on Holden Stays and now Bauer Sharp. Um, and so, you know, Justin Jolie is not anticipating being on campus again this weekend or to be on campus this weekend. He had previously stated he would be. He went out and tweeted that he would not be on campus this weekend. So it looks like Tennessee is moving on from uh, from Justin Jolie. Listen, there's, there's, there's names entering the transfer portal by the minute, and there's going to be rumors out there. And I even think I've seen a couple reports out there. A lot of you guys are wondering about Walter Nolan. Um, at least at this time, I haven't heard much about it in, in terms of Tennessee chatter. I know you might read some places that there could be some, or, you know, the dad says this, or, you know, Walter says this or whatever. At this time, it's not, there's not a whole lot of steam there. Again, though, five minutes from now, that can change. By the time you listen to this podcast, that can change. Walter Nolan, a guy that was the number one overall prospect in the country in the 2022 cycle, or 2023 cycle, 2022 cycle, that's a couple of cycles ago. And uh, he won a state championship, played his senior year here locally nearby Powell High School. So, um, Tennessee fans are very familiar with who he is, and especially you know fans in this area. Um, and uh, was a really really good high school player. Went to college. He slimmed down. He looks like a really you know a good you know defensive lineman in Southeastern Conference play. Um, he got hurt in the Tennessee game at Tennessee. You know when A and M came up here uh, back in October, but uh, he was he was okay. Ended up being okay. But anyway, very familiar with Walter Nolan at this time. I don't think there's much steam there. But again, that can always change. And there will be new names. Tennessee will jump in on new names throughout this transfer portal cycle. That's just kind of how it goes. So uh, Tennessee will host uh, a pair of uh, prospects in uh, for the transfer portal cycle window weekend this weekend, and we'll see what happens. You know, Tennessee is obviously making it a priority, an absolute priority for tight end, and that's where the the search has kind of started. Holden stays from Notre Dame is going to be in this weekend. And then uh, Bauer Sharp is uh, potentially going to be in next weekend. And we'll kind of see where that goes along with Juice Wells. All right, when we come back, no Jordan Seaton. What's that mean for the University of Tennessee? I'll tell you here in a moment. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Price Picks. Price Picks, it is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than your two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll on all on in uh, with basketball season here as well. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from the different sports leagues. For an example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey for 10.5 combo with three-pointers made and receptions. It kind of seems like 
At least Travis Kelsey is going to get, you know, over five receptions. Can LeBron knock down a couple of threes? That's what an example kind of looks like right there. Plus, for your first deposit match, if you put in the promo code Locked On College at PricePicks.com, you're going to get matched up to one hundred dollars. If I put in fifty, PricePicks is going to match me fifty. If I put in seventy-five, they're going to match me seventy-five. That's on your first deposit up to one hundred dollars by putting in the promo code Locked On College at PricePicks.com. PricePix.com, PricePix.com slash locked on college, an instant deposit match up to $100. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I tell you guys all the time that literally the transfer portal and recruiting can change by the minute. So at the time of this recording, you know, Friday morning, it's available Thursday afternoon, evening. I record at the time of this recording. I have breaking news. Um, One of those players that I just talked about in segment one, Juice Wells. Not coming to campus. Uh, again, I said I thought it was a long shot. I really did. Um, obviously, you're going to do your due diligence. He's a really good player. Tennessee would be really, really interested in him. Um, at this time, I always thought it was kind of a long shot, but I did think he was still coming to campus. But in the course, in, in the middle of uh, recording this episode, I was told that he is not coming to campus. So just a classic example right then and there of how things can change. So your visitors for this weekend, before we welcome on our guest, is going to be... Holden stays the uh, tight end, of course, from Notre Dame. And it's going to be Jaron Sensiball, cornerback from the mid-state, from the prep level. So uh, we'll get into some of that. But uh, to do that, I do want to bring on my buddy, my colleague from EvolveQuest.com. His name is Matt Ray. Matt, it's been a fun week, right, to cover recruiting. Have you caught your breath? It's been a week. It's been a week. It has been a week indeed, and this uh, this recruiting segment is going to be brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, and uh, get, go check them out at linkedin.com slash college. if you need to post a job for free. That's linkedin.com slash college. Um, wh- where do we start, Matt? Let's start with Jordan Seaton. Of course, that's yeah. the big news here late in the week. Um, you know, it was the kid put seven schools in his finalist graphic a couple weeks ago, but coming down to it, really felt Ohio State, Tennessee, Oregon. Now, UNAP, all of us at VolQuest, at Oregon, at Ohio State. I mean, everybody was pretty much like, don't know where he's going to go. Nothing would surprise us in this recruitment, but we all kind of thought it was those three schools. Why is he going to L.A.? Oh, yeah, well, he's going to go on Undisputed and make his announcement. That makes sense now. And he chooses Colorado. Yeah, it all makes sense now in terms of the L.A. piece and and everything. I talked to Jordan on Wednesday night a couple of times briefly, um, you know, and obviously he's not given much away at that point. He was kind of surrounded by his family and his management team. Yeah. That's the world that we live in now. We've got 17, 18 year old kids with management teams. Um, but for Jordan Seaton, you know, I think everybody's like, why, why California? Now it certainly makes sense as to why California. So he go on the set of undisputed and announce, um, and, and this isn't really the first time that we've seen Colorado do this, right? Um, Cam Michael a couple of weeks ago, I, I caught some flack over on the general's quarters because I continue to hear, oh, he's got the Bulldog flu. He's got the Bulldog flu. When I think a lot of people, when, when he didn't make it to Tennessee, when he had the flu, 
think a lot of people overlooked that visit that was wedged there in the middle, which was Colorado. Um, you know, he actually had the Buffalo flu, if you really want to get down to it. <laughs> and I think at that point in time, I think that's kind of been a trend, right, for uh, Deion Sanders in the way that he's recruited, um, dating all the way back to Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter quietly made an official visit to Jackson State. Nobody thought anything about it. And then all of a sudden on signing day, the buzz in the recruiting world was Travis Hunter's really going to flip from Florida State to Jackson to Jackson State. He did it. Um, you know, here with Jordan Seaton, obviously a visit Colorado earlier in the spring or earlier in the fall. I don't think anybody had thought much about it. Same thing with Cam Michael. It, it, that visit had gotten overlooked. And really, Dion didn't use Tennessee in that process in terms of the way that things you know, played out with Cam Michael, he used Georgia, in my opinion, because they were in it. They were the leader. They were the home state school, top-ranked team in the country at the time. And Cam Michael hadn't visited them all fall. And then suddenly on November 4th, he shows up in Athens. Where does all the buzz immediately go to? Because you can't count out the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs for the number one team, for, you know, for one of the top players in the country. You can't count out the number one uh, team in the country. Um then you go to Jordan Seaton. Well, he's taking his official visits. It looks like it's going to be over. All of a sudden, he's going to his first love, if you will, which was Ohio State. They were the early favorite in this recruitment. He made a big deal out of it, blew that announcement up that he's going to Ohio State. And, you know, I think realistically, at the end of the day, that is kind of what sent that recruitment into the roller coaster ride. Yeah, it had been hard to gauge, but you were able to talk to people and get a feel at the time for Jordan Seaton. I talked to AP about this on Wednesday night. Uh, you know, we, we talked to multiple people. Even when you felt like it was Tennessee, I'd be saying this today if he had chosen Tennessee. You still got double-digit days till signing day. This one's still, yeah, I would say it's pretty safe to say that he's going to Colorado already within two hours of him committing there's been a rumor that he's going to Oregon. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that quick. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, Josh Heimpel still has an in-home visit with him that he can use. Tennessee was planning to use that leading in. That didn't happen when his camp went to California. Um, you know, there's some other schools that have in-home visits. These schools are going to work to get in front of Jordan Seaton. They expected this decision to be made on signing day anyways. So to me, yeah, is it probably over? Yes, I think Jordan is pretty confident in his decision, feels pretty good about it. These schools are going to continue to try to get in front of him. So it's still expect a little bit of drama out of this recruitment, in my opinion. It's never over until National Signing Day, and that's been the case for as long as we can remember. Things have changed, but still, it's never over. Commitments are fine, but uh, there were truly nothing until you signed that paper. Yeah do want to ask you about how this could affect the class. Now, unrelated, uh, Braylon Staley had an in-home visit with South Carolina. That made its rounds on uh, social media earlier this week. But also, you know, Boo Carter and Jordan Seaton were close. And Boo yeah. Carter was the biggest recruiter outside of, you know, Glenn Ellerby and Josh Heupel to get Jordan Seaton here to Knoxville. Does that, does that affect, you know, Tennessee's prized four-star in-state prospect? You know, in my opinion, it doesn't. I, I mean, I, I get the concern. I think this gives Colorado the chance to get Boo's ear back. Um, but things really died down there earlier in the fall. It felt like at some point, you know, Dion was going to be in Bradley County to see Boo. That never came about. Now, obviously, he can get him, you know, to campus. 
um, or he can get in front of him again at some point. There's still time to do both of those things if he chooses to. But until one of those happens, I don't expect – I'm not really too concerned about Boo Carter right now. I think for Boo Carter – um, he's got a lot going on and start getting ready for the All-American Bowl at the end of the month. He's set to sign early and enroll early at Tennessee and be on campus for bowl practices um, in roughly a week. So I think right now everything is okay with Boo Carter. But in today's day and age, Eric, you continue to say it, and it just feels weird. You never say never. Yeah, you never say never. And I thought that, I mean, again, I was covering more recruiting before you came on board. Um but still, I thought that like when they came and they were taking part in bowl practices, that pretty much meant all right, they're not going to play in any All Star game. But I guess, I guess, did Cam Seldon come last year and practice some and then leave and go play? Yeah, they. Okay. The, I don't know if he can play in it. Actually, um, I'd have to like like Arian Carter is a good example. Like Arian Carter was going to play somewhere, but he came and he practiced, and so he didn't play. Yeah, I think he just went. Okay. Right, I think maybe he just went to the to the bowls or to yeah. the all American games. I would too if I were them, I don't yeah. think that's how it's gonna work. That's kind of what I've got from a couple of guys this year. Like Mike Matthews, um he I spent time with him earlier in the week. He's supposed to be in town for bowl practice on the sixteenth. And he's also a captain at the um well no I guess they can play because Nico played in the Polynesian bowl. Last year. Oh that's right. Nico did yeah. play in the Polynesian Nico played bowl. the Polynesian bowl last year. Mike Matthews will be he will do Under Armour. He's a captain there and then he's going to the Polynesian Bowl. So I, those guys can play. I think it's just a little bit more sparingly. A lot of this is so silly it's just nitpicking, but I will say the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah, we were talking before we went on air about how coaches kind of spend their time when yeah. you have early signees who have literally signed and then you have coaches going to watch them play basketball. I just I think that is just the the biggest waste of time. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Uh, look at this offensive line class now. You st- you don't get Jordan Seaton, which again, you want it. I mean, it is what it is. You know, you can make up an excuse, "Oh, I don't want him." Diva, whatever, money grab, whatever. You take him. Good player, right? Yeah. You don't get him, but you still have a lot of names in this in this class. You know, Bennett Warren, a four-star, really nice offensive tackle. You like that. You got William Satterwhite, Max Anderson, Gage Ginther, Jesse Perry, uh, Jeremiah's Hurd. We'll see exactly what the plan is for them. I'm excited to see him the most. But what do you make of this offensive line class now that, at least, you know, for now, Jordan Seaton is committed to Colorado? Yeah, I mean, I still think it's a pretty good class on paper, right? There's a lot of versatility there. I think you have a potential future center in William Satterwhite. You have two guys that, you know, I think in Gage Ginther and Max Anderson that can play multiple positions. Um, I think Jesse Perry, he's more of your developmental guy, but I think there's a lot of high upside there. He's got so much room to add good weight to his frame. He's already carrying what he has really well. So I think he's a guy that when you look at him, I think he's a guy Tennessee's very excited about. They camped him again in the summer after he committed. He came, he worked out, worked out at center for a couple of reps, not many, worked out at guard, worked out at multiple places. So they really got a good feel for him in that setting. Um, you know, and then Jeremiah's heard Again, he's got all the measurables. He's got the elite measurables, right? Um, no. You know, and then Bennett Warren, I think from from a guy that can get to a really good stand, a weight standpoint and and develop, I think he's got all of those same characteristics. He's long. He, he's got the frame that you desire. He moves very well laterally. Um, so I think he's a guy that at the end of the day, um, Tennessee's still got plenty of reason to be excited about 
know, for him and her, they both are set right now to get to campus in July or in the summer. So I think that, you know, that slows some things down. And Tennessee needed an impact guy that would be an early enrollee like Jordan Seaton, in my opinion. That's why it makes it so big to get John Campbell back. And then now Tennessee has to, I think, we'll see. I don't know how much is out there, but I think Tennessee has to continue to kick the tires on every guy in the portal that they feel like can help them at offensive tackle because you don't have a lot, you know, behind those guys that are there now. You lost Jeremiah Crawford, you know, John Campbell's back, Dane Davis expected to be back. Um, but you've got Shem Umarov, you've got Brian Grant. What, you know, the, you haven't seen those guys. So Tennessee's not very experienced there, and you need to be able to keep Nico upright. Yeah, Redshirt Jr. Gerald Mincy also a name. Um, you know, could leave, could come back. It feels you know, feels like he's he's likely gonna be back, but again, we'll we'll, we'll have to see. Um out the door here, Matt, I do want to ask you. Um signing day is a couple of weeks away. You know, you kind of put all your your eggs in the Jordan Seaton basket for now, but you know, Roger Saliaponga, highly coveted tight end from Utah, you know, went away from Tennessee, picked Oregon last week. Roger picks Colorado, or excuse me, uh, uh Jordan Seaton picks Colorado this week. You know, you're, you know, the, the best available that you are working have now decided to go to other schools. Kind of where, where are you at on the high school board right now? Who are some names that Tennessee can make a strong push for before signing day? Yeah, I mean, the high school board is really slim right now, right? Yeah. I mean, bringing Jaron Sensabaugh in this weekend on an official visit, cornerback out of Innsworth. Um, I, I do think Tennessee likes the upside there. Um, he, he just took an official visit to UCLA. He was at NC State before that. Um, I believe he still has one more official visit scheduled for later in the month. Seems like maybe Missouri. I'd have to check and see if that one's still on. His visits did kind of get pushed around a little bit, um, you know. But we'll see what goes on there. To have him this weekend, I think you know Tennessee can make a strong push there. He's been pretty open since the first time that I talked to him, and you know, right before he decommitted from Vanderbilt, that he feels very good about Tennessee. He likes the the home state appeal. Um, but, you know, outside of him, you know, we'll see who Tennessee looks to circle back to um, in this class. Obviously, you mentioned Braylon Staley, um, you know, his dad and sis. There's really nothing going on there with South Carolina right now. But it's I mean, just the look, right? It yeah. was just a courtesy visit. Braylon, at least, you know, told me that they're pushing him hard and he does want to listen a little bit and just, you know, hear them out. We'll see. Tennessee will go in home with him this weekend. Um, he's expecting multiple Tennessee coaches there this weekend. He leaves for the Shrine Bowl in the middle of the week. Um, so I, I think that one comes to a close, you know, regardless of what he's going to do. He, does, he doesn't feel like he wants that hanging over his head, you know. So we'll see. Um, but Tennessee has to work some of their own guys here to the finish line. Um, and, and we'll see if they circle back and try to get anybody back to campus. But right now I think it's, you know, more transfer portal focus and you'll see Holden stays here this weekend and then we'll see who they bring in the weekend before signing day as more guys continue to go into the transfer portal um I I mean I don't even know the count anymore at one point it was like 1500 kids were in there so you can imagine what it's like trying to comb through all of those guys or a majority of those guys right yeah, Bauer Sharp's one of those names that you know, we could see next weekend. And, yeah. and maybe depending on what happens with Holden Stays, maybe we don't see him, but that's another name that you mentioned that is is a new one here for Tennessee late in the week. So, uh, Matt, appreciate it as always, man. And uh, we'll say dialed in to all of your coverage over at Thanks, man. 
Tennessee Vols on the All-SEC team. That is coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. But I do want to give a shout-out to our friends eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with, with, uh, with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money is back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need with the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into an MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Elge bottoms only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Great stuff there from Matt Ray, as always. Appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in and listening to a little recruiting talk with my colleague Matt Ray over at VolQuest.com. Here to end our week, let's look over which Tennessee Volunteers made appearances on the All-SEC team. So, you know, last year was such a magical year, and there were so many um, representatives from Tennessee on the All-SEC team. Of course, Jalen Hyatt, Darnell Wright, Hendon Hooker, Byron Young. Um, there, there was quite the showing. I mean, Hendon Hooker was SEC Player of the Year um, in, in the SEC at the quarterback position. You know, this year with the offense taking a step back, um, it's easy to see why there wasn't that many representatives there's one obvious choice on on defense, and they got some love, and I'll get to him in a moment. But Tennessee really only three players, four players total, received some love and some praise for being on the all SEC teams. And I'll tell you who those are right now. Number one from both the AP and the coaches poll, or from the AP and the coaches, the league's coaches. Um, James Pierce was named to the first team. So James Pierce, a first team all SEC selection by both the AP and the coaches. Uh, Jalen Wright, running back, was a second-team second recipient from the Associated Press, and Cooper Mays was also a second-team recipient from the Associated Press at the center position. Jackson Ross was named All-SEC punter for the freshman team, so he was an All-SEC freshman team selection at the punter position, and gosh, you guys remember, I know it's a punter, let's not, let's not humble brag here, but you guys remember the beginning of the season when everybody hated Jackson Ross because he had a bad opening game against Virginia, and Josh Heupel sat up there in the postgame press conference and said, hey, he's going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine. Looky there, an all-SEC freshman. Are there anybody else that just kind of jumps out at you that, that they forgot about? I mean, let's go kind of by position group by position group. Wide receivers, I mean, Squirrel White had himself a little bit of a year, but I don't think it's all-SEC worthy. Brew McCoy got hurt. Dante Thornton was a bust this year. Ramel Keaton didn't do much, and... You know, you had two redshirt freshmen at wide receiver. They didn't do much. So at wide receiver, no. The tight end position for Tennessee, again, like we spoke on on yesterday's program, very productive in terms of run blocking. Tennessee ran for over 2,400 yards this year, 12th best in the nation, second best in the SEC. They combined for eight uh, receiving touchdowns, but those were two players. So, you know, not them. 
On the offensive line, well, Tennessee ran for over 2,400 yards, so there better be a couple of representation, or a couple of representatives on the offensive line. You get one in Cooper May's second team. Okay, well, he missed the first four games. I mean, there's got to be somebody else, right? Well, no, there's not. Javante Spragans, I thought, was a big snub in terms of being an all-SEC volunteer. I thought Javante Spragans deserved to be on there somewhere, second team. Um, again, you block for the, the 12th best in the nation, second best in the Southeastern Conference, and you only have you know rushing rushing attack, and you only have one offensive lineman named All-SEC? That doesn't really sit well with me. I think that's, that's kind of a missed opportunity. So I think Javante Spragans should have been on here somewhere. Cooper Mays was, and that's good. Uh, John Campbell, Gerald Mincy, Jeremiah Crawford, Dane Davis, they all split time at tackle this year because of injuries. Ollie Lane played left guard and center, but he's he, he, he's not going to be an all-SEC guy. I mean, the only other one to, to look to, towards would be Javante Spragans. He's a name as well. I mean, he started for years. So I think that's where you look and say, okay, well, that's a snub. Quarterback position, Joe Milton was not an all-SEC quarterback this year. Running back, Jalen Wright, he made the second team, according to the AP. Not the coaches, but according to the AP. And I think it's just because of the volume. And and maybe the the... the not the the high level volume is why he was so good this year. Again, guys, he led all FBS running backs with a minimum of 100 rushing attempts and yards per carry at 7.4 this year. The only other Division One player that averaged more than him was Jaden Daniels on the ground, and he's probably going to win the Heisman. <laughs> and he's a quarterback. Okay, um, only 136 carries on the year, and he got over a thousand yards. So I'm glad that he got rewarded for that. But maybe if he had 200 attempts on the year, maybe he's at 1,500 yards. That looks a whole lot better. Maybe he's at 1,600 yards. And maybe he's a first-team selection. I don't know. But I'm glad that Jalen Wright got his – I'm glad Jalen Wright got nominated. I'm glad Jalen Wright got on, on one of these teams. So on offense, that's really all I kind of say. Defense on the defensive line, James Pierce second in the SEC in sacks with eight and a half. Okay, he is a first-team from the AP and the coaches. That makes sense. Tyler Barron had six sacks. That ain't nothing. You mean to tell me you can't find somewhere to put Tyler Barron? And they put multiple defensive linemen on there. It's not just like four and four. You mean to tell me you can't find somewhere for Tyler Barron to be on here, an all-SEC guy? He had six sacks. Omar Norman Law for the interior had five and a half sacks from defensive tackle. You mean to tell me you can't find a spot for one of those two guys? I mean, maybe getting both of those is asking a lot, but one of those guys, probably Omar Norman Lott has the better chance to chance to, to be a representative for Tennessee because he plays defensive tackle and he had five and a half sacks. Javante Spragans is probably the biggest snub for me. Omar Norman Lott would probably be the second biggest snub for me. And he only did that in 10 games too, which is really, really impressive. So again, James Pierce got his accolades. Norman Lott, Tyler Barron did not. Linebacker, Tennessee didn't ha shouldn't have had anybody. And then in the defensive secondary, Tennessee really shouldn't have had anybody. But I'll tell you, Kamal Haddon, if he would have kept playing, he would have been there for sure because as we spoke on yesterday's show, he was playing at an elite level. Real quick, let's, uh, let's look at the Associated Press All-SEC teams. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'll share the screen right, right, right quick with you. Um, you see right here, wide receiver Malik Neighbors, not going to argue with that one. Luther Burton, not going to argue with that one. Look at the offensive line, your tackles. I mean, let's look at these guards. Tate Ratledge, good player from Georgia, actually got hurt in the Tennessee game. Tyler Booker. I mean, those are some those are some good guards. Let's wait till we get down to the second team. And of course, Cedric Van Pran's got the most name recognition in terms of center 
in the Southeastern Conference. Who's that guy? Brock Bowers. He's a pretty good player. Uh, Jaden Daniels, no surprise. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, Jalen Wright was phenomenal, but can you make the case for Jalen Wright over Cody Schrader this year? Probably not. Can you make the case for Jalen Wright over Ray Davis? Probably not. Ray Davis also is a touchdown scoring machine. Um, just is what it is. I mean, the all-purpose guy, you know, Anaya Smith from AM, that's probably a good pick. Uh, let's go back. Let's look at the second team offense real quick while we're talking offense. Xavier Leggetti, Leggett, and Brian Thompson, okay? Or Thomas. Yeah, that's fine. We don't have any receivers that we can, you know, make a case for. Tackles don't care. Let's look at these guards. Joshua Braun from Arkansas. Cameron Johnson from Missouri. You mean to tell me Javante Spragans can't be in there? And I know you want to reward Missouri because Missouri had a good year. I get it. I mean, Arkansas did not. <laughs> like, why, why is Javante Spragans not right here? I don't know. Um, Jalen Milrose, second team quarterback. Quinn John Junkins, who's in the transfer portal. Jalen Wright. Of course, they're your running backs on the second team. Okay, yada, yada. Let's look at the first team defense. James Pierce, respect. Darius Robinson from Missouri. Okay, your two, your two defensive tackles are Marcus Harris and Deion Walker. Both have really good numbers. I'll say that. Okay, that's fine. Linebackers don't really care because since he doesn't have a dog in the fight, nor do the secondary. Let's look at the second team defense. Second team defense. Uh, Prince, I'm not going to try to say his name from Florida. He's in the transfer portal, staying in college, but in the transfer portal. He's at the one of the end spots. Landon Jackson from Arkansas is at the other end spot. You mean to tell me Tyler Barron can't be in there at that second end spot? Defensive tackle, Justin, uh, the guy from uh, Alabama. I'm not going to pronounce his last name. And Nazir Stackhouse from Georgia, who is a good player. Omar Norman Law should probably be in there somewhere. So, fact of the matter is, is what it is. Not the end of the world. Um, you know, Tennessee's not too worried about that. But I thought for sure that Tennessee had a couple of snubs. And, um, you know, Tennessee should have had at least one, at least one more representative, maybe two, uh, when you talk about those three players of Javante Spragans of Tyler Barron, and of Omar Norman Lott. All right. Of course, Jackson Ross, as I mentioned earlier, all-SEC freshman punter, so congratulations to him. Uh, we got a whole lot to cover on Monday's show. What did these transfer portal targets say about their visits to Tennessee? What are some new names that are going to be popping up in the transfer portal? You know there will be a couple. It moves by the minute. And um, how realistic are those options? All that and more. It's coming up on a Monday Lockdown Vols. Appreciate you guys, as always, for being here. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Vols your first listen. If you're watching and you're not subscribed on YouTube, what are you waiting for? We're almost at 10,000 subs. Uh, so let's go ahead and do our part and try to, try to get this show to the 10K. All right, guys, we will talk again on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, and thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Vols. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.